Following Jesus in the present age is a perennial task. Join me, Ian Panth, biblical scholar and theologian, as I walk through the Christian scriptures and think theology out loud. If you want to dig deeper into the Bible or engage in God talk, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome. I invite you to listen in on my daily personal reflections as I follow the Robert Murray McShane Bible Reading Plan. You can find this plan on, for instance, BiblePlans.org. I'm recording these reflections, or daily devotions, to provide one example of how one individual reflects upon and reacts to Scripture. My hope is that in listening in on my personal reflections, you, the listener, will be encouraged in the development of your own daily Scripture reading habits and begin to hear, to hear the Spirit speaking to you through the Scripture. These reflections are not examples of deep exegesis and interpretation. For that, you can listen to my Slow Walk Through Revelation series or other podcasts that I produce. Rather, I'm inviting you to listen in on how my Spirit responds to the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit as He speaks to me through this daily habit. Feel free to join me twice daily as I divide the McShane family reading into morning and evening reflections. The secret readings I keep to myself. Also, feel free to simply listen to the scripture reading and spend time with the spirit and the text to form your own habit of listening to the spirit in the text. Now Moses had given a possession to the half-tribe Manasseh and Bashan, but Joshua had given to their brothers on the west side of the Jordan. Joshua then sent them to their tents and blessed them, and said to them, Return to your tents with many riches, with much cattle, with silver, gold, bronze, iron, and much clothing. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. So the sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned and went off from the sons of Israel in Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, to the land of their possession that they had captured by the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. The sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh came to the regions of the Jordan that are in the land of Canaan, and built an altar there by the Jordan, an altar of great size. But the sons of Israel heard someone say, Look! The sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar in front of the land of Canaan in the regions of the Jordan on the side of the sons of Israel. When sons of Israel heard this, the entire Yadah of the sons of Israel assembled at Shiloh to go up against them for war. Then the sons of Israel sent Phinehas ben Eleazar, the priest to the sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead along with ten chieftains with him. Each one was a chieftain of a house of a family from every tribe of Israel. Each man was the head of the house of their family of the clans of Israel. They came to the sons of Reuben, 
the sons of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead, and spoke to them and said, The entire Yadah of the Lord has spoken. What is this treacherous act that you have committed against the Elohim of Israel, turning today from the Lord by building for yourselves an altar to rebel against the Lord today? Haven't we had enough of this kind of sin at Peor? We still have not yet fully cleansed ourselves to this day. Such was the affliction that came upon the Yadah of the Lord. And now you are turning away from the Lord. If you rebel against the Lord today, he will be angry with the entire Yadah of Israel tomorrow. But surely, if the land of your possession is unclean, pass over to the land of the Lord's possession, where the tabernacle of the Lord is dwelling, and take your possession in our midst. But do not rebel against the Lord and us by building for yourselves an altar apart from the altar of the Lord our Elohim. Didn't Achan ben Zerah act treacherously with what was devoted to the band, and didn't wrath come upon the entire Yadah of Israel? He wasn't the only man who died for his iniquity. Then the sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh spoke to the heads of the clans of Israel. The Lord is the El of Elohim. The Lord is the El of Elohim. He knows, let Israel know, if it was in rebellion and treachery against the Lord, do not save us this day. For building for ourselves an altar to turn away from the Lord, but if it was for offering up on it offerings and tributes, if it was to make upon it sacrifices of peace, let the Lord himself seek it out. We have done this in fear of the future, in case your sons say to our sons, What do you have to do with the Lord, the Elohim of Israel? The Lord has made this boundary between us and you at the Jordan. You sons of Reuben and sons of Gad, there is no portion for you in the Lord, so your sons might stop our sons from fearing the Lord. So he said, Let's build this altar, not for burnt offering or sacrifice, but as a witness between us and between you and between our generations after us to serve in the labor of the Lord before his face with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and peace offerings. So your sons cannot say to our sons in the future, There is no portion for you in the Lord. We said, If they say this to us or to our descendants in the future, we can say, Look at the copy of the altar of the Lord that our fathers have made, not for burnt offerings or sacrifice, but as a witness between us and you. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away today from after the Lord to build an altar for burnt offering, tribute, or sacrifice apart from the altar of the Lord, our Elohim, that is before the face of his tabernacle. When Phinehas, the priest, along with the chieftains of the Yadah and the heads of the clans of Israel, heard the words the sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the sons of Manasseh spoke, it was good in their eyes. Then the priest Phinehas ben Eleazar said to the sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the sons of Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is in our midst, because you have not committed treachery against the Lord. You have delivered the sons of Israel from the hand of the Lord. Then the priest Phinehas ben Eleazar, along with the chieftains, returned from the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad in the land of Gilead to the land of Canaan, to the sons of Israel, and returned word to them. The word was good in the eyes of the sons of Israel, so the sons of Israel blessed Elohim and did not speak any more about going to war against them to spoil the land where the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad dwelled. So the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad called the altar Witness, 
for it is a witness between us that the Lord is Elohim. The reading for July 15th, as we follow along the Robert Murray McShane Bible reading plan, is Joshua chapter 22, and today I'll be reading from Joel Edmund Anderson's translation of the Old Testament Torah and former prophets. So Joshua chapter 22. Then Joshua called out to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, you have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, has commanded you, and you have heard my voice regarding all that I have commanded you. You have not forsaken your brothers these many days up to this day, and have kept the Lord's commandments to you. Now the Lord your, your Elohim has given rest to your brothers, just like he spoke to them. So now turn and go to your tents, to the land of your possession, that Moses, the servant of the Lord, has given you on the other side of the Jordan. Only be sure to keep on doing the commandment and the Torah that Moses, the servant of the Lord, has commanded you, to love the Lord your Elohim, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to cling to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Joshua blessed them and sent them off, and they went to their tents. Joshua chapter 22. A couple things to note, just some aspects historical stuff so um, some of the tribes during the sort of wilderness wandering first encounters uh, some of the tribes wanted land on the uh, east side of the Jordan so that's sometimes referred to as the Trans Jordan which just means across the Jordan River so the Jordan is one of the boundary markers of the promised land but uh, some of the tribes were like hey this is nice land here can we, can we have some of this so uh, Moses and following the Lord said, yeah, sure. So that's the situation. But part of that deal was, okay, so we've already done some fighting here and you've taken the land. Um, the, the condition is you have to help the rest of the tribes. You can't just settle. You have to help the rest of the tribes uh, uh, inherit the land is the language. Uh, across the, uh, the other side of the Jordan, the land of Canaan. So here you'll hear sometimes that uh, west side of the Jordan uh, referred to as Canaan, and then the east side where uh, two and a half tribes settled uh, in the Transjordan uh, on the east side as uh, Gilead. So that's just some little notes of clarification uh, so this chapter like other chapters in Joshua like Joshua is obviously about the the con conquest or sub, subduing of the Canaan and taking possession of the land but it also uh, in the grander scope sort of introduces uh, foreshadows a potential conflict so here we have a hint at uh, conflict over what does proper worship look like. So on their way back to their land, uh, and again, if I'm reading this correctly, on the west bank of the Jordan, they make an altar to the Lord. 
which even here suggesting that uh, all the burnt offerings and sacrifices should be done in front of the tent of meeting which is now located in Shiloh um, so in front of the tabernacle where the Lord dwells so they have some concerns about uh, where exactly are we supposed to do these sacrifices and argument over that uh, and it also seems to suggest that well why are you building it on this side of the Jordan is it because you still think your uh, region is somehow unclean that it's not a proper place for it and this gets the the ten tribes on the west side of the Jordan ten and a half tribes uh, kind of up in arms uh, literally they're ready to go to battle so it's interesting they, they kind of see this as an act of um, well they see this as potential defilement of the land and the whole people if it's sort of a, a false worship engaging in some form of idolatry uh, and that of course would then have ramifications for being in the land i mean they just spent 40 years wandering the wilderness and then they have this they mentioned the story of Achan who had uh when uh the command was a ban on uh i believe it was uh on the stuff in jericho i can't remember which town but um one one of the things that was commanded in, in order it's 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 a way of saying that this whole thing belongs to God. So the first town or few towns, some of the towns, there's a ban. Like you're not supposed to take anything for yourself. So we're not going in and doing this and then looting. We're not on a uh, Viking conquest here. We everything here is devoted to God. And Achan uh, takes some loot for himself and uh it affects the whole tribe uh until uh he is i'm just trying to remember do this from memory by lot uh, it's found out who did it and then um he is specifically he and his family are specifically set out for punishment and but until uh the it's revealed who did it and he doesn't come he doesn't come clean and in our language modern or our modern english way of speaking idiom uh the whole community is unclean and and so they are beginning to lose some of their battles and they they through casting lots they discern who's who's at fault and why they're beginning to lose battles so that's the story of aiken so they're saying hey look if you start doing this stuff that's going to affect all of us it's not just you so then these tribes explain that that wasn't their intent. In fact, they don't even plan to do any sacrificial stuff here. Uh, the way I'm reading it, interpreting it is like, well, we're, we're across the Jordan. So we do have like a physical barrier between us. Uh, we, we, we built this to remind you of us and to remind you of our loyalty to uh, the Lord, uh, our Elohim. Uh, and Elohim, uh, in Joel just brings that out in here, um, 
just transliterates. That's the common word for God, but it, it, it like Elohim is the plural of El, uh, which is this the common word for God. And when you pluralize some sometimes in Hebrew, it has a in biblical Hebrew anyway. I won't speak to modern Hebrew. Uh, it elevates uh, something. It's like the the highest, the most. Um, so they're they're basically saying, look, we we built this to say, hey, don't forget us across the water, across the Jordan, um, and that we serve the same God that you do. And that seems to bring down the tensions. Uh, sounds like a satisfactory answer, and uh, everybody kind of goes away in peace. What I find interesting in terms of like narrative and storytelling, and uh, just I think in my humble opinion as a as a reader. Uh, that that's good storytelling in terms of just foreshadowing like just saying like he doesn't the author doesn't jump ahead to a conflict but he kind of says tensions can elevate between the tribes pretty quickly and the the tensions between and the potential for um a growing uh, rift division separation of even cultural development just by something as simple as the separation across uh, a river uh, that that might lead to tension in the future which of course those of us who have read scripture know that it will um, and probably most of the original uh, hearers of this text knew knew that there were tensions between the tribes i mean after all there was uh, a divided kingdom so but it, it, it begins to introduce those tensions already but it, at this point it doesn't it doesn't escalate to all-out war it's just that little hint of threat and tension in there both in terms of uh the question of what is proper worship and where should we do it and the tension of just physical separation and different cultural um, developments. And I think, like, so my ancestry uh, is in part uh, English. Uh, so my grandfather emigrated to Canada when he was 11. And, like, when you just think of the number of accents from different regions in England, like you already have like even like a somewhat uh, a language change just just by separation. Of course, that becomes less the more you can interact and with speed of travel. Uh, but you also had uh, little cultural differences. And, and I even in you know, living in Ontario, uh, there's definite cultural differences between uh, those of us who grew up in more southwestern Ontario than those of us who grow up in northern Ontario. Uh, there's differences between people who grow up in rural areas uh, versus those who grow up in the city. I'm a product of both. I grew up in the city till I was 11, and then 
spent my uh, preteen and teen years in the country, uh, so I had a little little mix of both. Um, and then there's regional differences in the, the provinces, uh, just the way way we think, uh, the way we speak, and so those tensions can arise. And if you ma imagine uh, a world in which travel wasn't so easy and communication wasn't so clear, those in time those differences can become serious cultural and even sometimes language barrier differences and so the author here is just highlighting through the potential for conflict um, that is resolved uh, that uh, future conflict is is on the horizon so between the tribes so judges is going to have some of that and um, different acts of worship and again judges is going to have that issue come up so yeah because we're coming to the end of the book of joshua and already the author editor is um, narrating things in such a way that uh, the the tensions of the future aren't going to come out of the blue for the reader so th that's my thoughts and reflections today on this this particular chapter I kind of see it almost as beginning that transition to the stories he's going to tell um, in uh, what for us is called the book of judges and and just a little note most of the books of the Bible that uh, <clears throat> they get their names from the first word that would appear on on the scroll um, and then some of those names are well they were Latinized or or anglicized or uh, Hellenized, which is Greekified, um, as they come into the English language. But yeah, most of them, because you you open a scroll. So what's the scroll called? Well, it's the it's the first first word or the first line in the scroll. Uh, yeah. So uh, join me tonight as we can. Uh, this evening's reading will be from the Book of Acts, chapter two, and. Uh, Joel has translated the New Testament, so I'm also going to be reading from his translation for the book of Acts. I'm doing that partly because it's nice. I find it a good practice if you're kind of familiar with something, if you pick up a, a different translation that you haven't spent as much time with. Uh, sometimes it helps you see things afresh or pick up things that you haven't encountered before. So. You might have your favorite like my i tend to read the esv just i like the 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 language level it's sort of like uh 12th grade maybe the university level uh vocabulary uh and i like the the style um but i part of the practice of uh doing beginning biblical interpretation especially if you don't have uh the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic uh, understanding is just to start comparing translations. So uh, read something new and fresh um, and go to a translation like the, the message for uh, something that's like even a little more different that might bring bring something out. Um, 
And, but yeah, pick, pick up the NIV or the ESV uh, or even the King James, although that's uh, culturally that's getting harder and harder to, to read and comprehend uh, for us, but it is beautiful stylistically. So yeah, that's just my practice again. Join me this evening as we look at Acts chapter 2. Thank you for joining me for this morning's personal reflection. Don't forget to join me this evening, release time 5 o'clock, for the evening's personal reflection according to the Robert Murray McShane reading plan. If you find these reflections helpful and encouraging, then don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. Again, my hope is that in sharing my personal reflections with you, you will form your own habits of listening for the Spirit and reading the text. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Star Cross Kingdoms. If you like this content, well, you probably already know what to do. Like, subscribe, and please share. Also, feel free to send in your questions. Just keep them friendly and conversational, and that way I'll be far more likely to respond to them. Until next time, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.